I'm Ashley Benson, the Development Manager at Bridge the City. At Bridge the City, we're all about getting people involved in their community. We ask each of our guests for action steps listeners can take to get more connected to the places they live and work. Now it's our turn to share with listeners what action steps they can take to support Bridge the City. If you enjoy our podcast, mission, beautiful voices, curated action steps, and coverage of local events and politics, then consider becoming a patron today. Visit BridgeTheCityPodcast.com and click Support Bridge the City on Patreon to learn more. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, aka the greatest city in the world. And our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. And my name is Kyle Hagee. And my name is Ashley Benson. Today we are putting winter out of our minds, thank goodness, and getting ready for some summer vibes. What is something in the summer that makes parents and kids alike very excited? It's the ice cream truck. That too. Yep. That that's that's There's real. There's something else. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's summer camp. Yeah. And today we're highlighting an awesome team from Milwaukee that is bridging together families in the city for its second summer in a row. This team has created something called Camp Kindred. They believe fully that we are better together, and that a summer camp experience can be a powerful catalyst for community here in our city. Well, rather than us just explain everything for them, let's hear from the camp's leaders to highlight the opportunities they're creating for families in Milwaukee. I'm Kevin Jennings, and I'm the co-founder of Camp Kindred. Outside of Camp Kindred, I work at Pius High School, currently part of a team taking another look at how we educate kids. So we're doing a sort of a big picture um, reimagining of how school can happen. Uh, my name is Fabiola Ramirez, and I am part of the founding team at Camp Kindred as well. Outside of Camp Kindred, I am a teacher at Carmen High School of Science and Technology, um, from where I also graduated in 2012. Could you tell us how Camp Kindred came to be? So it all came from hearing about another summer camp, one that's in New York called Seeds of Peace, and it was founded by a journalist who covered the Israeli-Palestinian conflict for his whole career. At the end of his career, he came to the conclusion that there wasn't a solution in sight. Um, so he decided that he needed to start working with the next generation of leaders on either side of the conflict and brought them to a summer camp setting. After one week, they left arm in arm, and there's amazing stories and pictures and lifelong friendships that started there. And so we heard about that, and... Um, it brought to mind the divides that are present in Milwaukee, and we thought we could use a similar model. So you both mentioned you're working in schools currently. What has that experience been like of teaching kids kind of every single day and doing that direct service? How has that informed what you want Camp Kindred to be? So I think that's an interesting question um, because whereas the other four members in our leadership team are have been um, in camp since they were very young and have grown up in the camp world. Uh, For me, it's been different. I had my fair share of camp experiences, but it was not a routine or a part of my summers. However, uh, obviously getting involved with Camp Kindred for me was because I believe in the camping experience, but I also really believe in the mission and like the 
passion behind being able to connect um, or give a space for kids to connect um, and just be kids. I think it wasn't for me at least, um, and this is unique to my perspective, until our first camp experience, being there and really being pushed, I think, by Kevin and the other leadership camp members to let kids be kids and let kids um, decide what that experience at camp looks like and let kids decide what they're feeling and if they're feeling anything or if they want to play or if they want to do something else and grounding the whole experience around the child and validating um, the, the kid's experience at all times was so great for me. Yeah, I think I had a similar movement of information coming uh, from camp to education um, rather than education to camp. So when I'm in my classroom, I'm trying to emphasize choice and voice of the individual student, um, which is something that comes really naturally at Camp Kindred and at many summer camps where play is um, how it happens. And inside of that, kids are able to navigate on their own and start to redefine their identity and start to um, define their experience on their own terms. Unfortunately, the opposite of what often happens at school where um, students can lose their individual voice when they're coming through the system of education that's prevalent in our city. Um, so what I like to do is try and create similar spaces in education for kids to play. What is it like a day in the life as a camper at Camp Kindred? When when kids aren't just being when kids, kids are just being <laughs> <laughs> when you actually give them structure and yeah, tell yeah, them yeah, yeah. what it's going to be like. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. We debated the structure a lot, um, and that was a big part of our discussion last year. We took a look at the history of summer camping and where the daily schedule comes from, um, and it comes from when summer camps uh, they sort of have their roots in a military system in. Um, Boy Scouting or in um, the way that the army would manage a day. Um, And so those systems of power and compliance aren't totally in line with our mission. Um, So we tried to rewrite it a little bit. Um, Our morning starts with breakfast. Uh, Kids get together and we stand in a circle. And once we're all in a circle, then we walk into the dining hall. We don't have as much, uh, how would I say it? We're not quite as formal or as regimented as a lot of camps, so we allow talking when they want to talk. (laughs) Um, We we say thank you for our meals in in an interesting way. We um, point at the kitchen and we say it's time to say thanks, and then all the kids go, thank you. (laughs) And then we point at each other and we say, it's time to say thanks. And they all go, thank you. And then we point just kind of up at the sky at whatever it is they want to point at and say, it's time to say thanks. And they say, thank you. Um, So that might be in a nutshell, uh, how we do things that are similar to a lot of camps where there's a structure and there's a routine. um, But ours is just a little bit more open-ended. I think that, you know, uh, our first summer camp experience just happened. And so as we are thinking about um, this summer, we're also re-envisioning and rethinking and always analyzing where we can uh, continue to make more room for 
children to be children, right? And for us to give those opportunities. Um, I think that um, a lot of that experience um, for kids has been positive from, from last uh, from the last summer, but I think um, we continue to try to push the boundaries of like what um, that experience can look like. And I think we are all comfortable with that. I think that a, lot, a day in the, at Camp Kim Dredd, sorry, um, is full of new friendships and exploring different aspects of your identity and realizing and figuring out how to express what you're feeling at the moment and being okay with feeling that way. I think that Camp Kindred is a place where you might be um, canoeing and then the next day, in the next moment, you might be having a conversation with a peer um, with your Legos connected and talking about how you felt when you were canoeing and something didn't go quite right or how you felt amazing about them supporting you. So Camp Kindred, I think, is a day in Camp Kindred is full of experience and um, different moments that are unique and that I hope and I think kids take with them um, to bed and then wake up the next day hoping to relive some of those experiences again. So situating the camp within the context of Milwaukee and some of the issues that the city and the county have, um, I know there's other summer camps out there we know of Camp Manitowish, for example. Yeah. So how does Camp Kindred differentiate itself from these other camps? Are they, or are you looking at a certain problem that you see in the city and trying to address it in a way that these other camps aren't? Yeah, I think we are. So there's a lot of summer camps available to kids. Um, they tend to be in service to a certain demographic, um, it tends to be a wealthier, um, suburban, middle-class, often white family um, that go to area summer camps that are overnight. Um, there are also options for summer camps that are um, intentionally serving lower-income demographics, um, but there aren't any summer camps that are intentionally designed for the whole city in one space um, that really go out and try and recruit equally from all parts of the city and bring kids together in a new kind of container. Yeah, I think that, um, speak a little more from personal experience with this, but especially in the Latino community, camping and the experience of summer camp isn't really embedded in our summer experience. I, as, growing up as a Latina in this city the opportunities that i did get were often from white centered spaces or from school or something like that but it was never something that you know somebody came to my parents and said this would be a great opportunity and this is something an experience that is unique and that your child's gonna have a great time in and and um that it was something that me and my friends in my community did i think that at least in the latino community that isn't a population that is often targeted at all by camps. Um, and I think that we are making an effort to target, like Kevin said, every demographic in our city so that we have a diverse representation of our city and a true representation of our city, which is, you know, beautifully diverse in our camp. And so 
that comes with a lot of purposeful conversations and very intentional um, partnerships and very um, like taking the time to reflect on why it is that Latino families might have not gone to camp before and what is going to make it more accessible. Is it um, because there's a mix of things, right? Like for my parents, it wasn't just economic um, barriers, which are there. Um, it was also uh, a sentiment of I'm their youngest girl and I was, um, I'm the only girl and the youngest, right? And sending your child to camp over the summer, even if it's for a week with people you don't know, like even they see, even though they seem nice, like what's just not a thing that we do or that mm -hmm. we did, right? And so being able to explain that experience, being able to share why it might be important or beneficial is so important. And um, I think we're trying to think um, strategically and uh, about how to make sure we're talking to parents and um, making sure that they feel comfortable sending their kid because a lot of the kids we are getting sometimes, it is their first time coming to camp, mm -hmm. right? And having that um, sense of, we, we have a sense of duty to make sure that we are doing right by those families at all times. Since there has been one camp that has been held already, how was the recruitment for that? Did you see the diverse representation you were hoping for at the first camp? Yeah, we, we did see um, the representation that we wanted to see. Our numbers matched Milwaukee's census data um, almost exactly. We were off by about two white campers. We were two white campers lower than um, how the ratios would work out to exactly mm -hmm. match census data. And I'm just curious on, you know, you mentioned some of the um, obstacles of convincing families to let their son or daughter go to camp and how that those vary across communities. Um, and you mentioned like the Latinx community maybe having, you know, they're worried about their only daughter going to camp. I'm curious on the other maybe end of that of like families out in suburbia mm -hmm. that skew white. Was there any pushback of like, well, we already have all these camps that mm -hmm. we know our friends are going to. What is the benefit of my kid going to Camp Kindred, for example? And and how did you facilitate a, that conversation with families? Yeah, we did encounter a little bit of that. Uh, it really, for us, um, required that we change the way we were reaching out. We found that families in that demographic were much more likely to come to camp if one of their friends or someone they trusted recommended it. Um, so for us, that meant getting into smaller circles of parents that are organized around schools, or um, we went to farmer's markets. Um, the way into those communities was um, not initially what we anticipated. One of the things I love about camp, or the, my camp experience, was meeting people from all over that I would not have interacted with on the farm town in southern Illinois that I grew up in. <laughs> and in fact, it like led me to, it led me to the college I went to, it led me to Spain, where I lived between high school and college, and I really, really value those interactions and those friendships. And I would love to hear about like how you envision your campers interacting after camp and throughout the year. For me specifically, because this is a um, more of a, because our focus has been around targeting the Milwaukee area. Um, I think, and because oftentimes kids in our city don't get the chance to play with each other all the time across um, different neighborhoods. I think ideally what it looks like is that kids from Camp Kindred are getting together and having 
play dates outside of camp, that kids are building friendships that are um, long lasting and that they're able to, um, you know, become high schoolers and uh, want to go to each other's prom or go to the same prom or, you know, it's it's about that connection that um, lasts a long time and that they're able to see that despite maybe living 30 minutes away from each other across town from each other in opposite neighborhoods or whatever, that they have more in common than they think and that they even if they don't that it doesn't matter that they can be friends and that they can um, share these spaces together and um, form these connections with one another Um, and I think that's truly beautiful as a kid that grew up in the city I didn't always get that unless I was actively searching for it um, because I went to schools where kids majority of the majority of the time Um, looked like me and had a lot of similarities to me and a lot of differences as well but I didn't get to expand outside of those spaces most of the time yeah I think um what's exciting to me about camp is that it it puts um adults in a position where we don't have to um we don't have to have exact outcomes for the kids so I I I don't name exactly what I want to have come out of it for the kids, except for a lot of interactions, just like Fabi's saying. Um, I think sometimes about this metaphor uh, with permaculture. Have you heard of permaculture? No, I haven't. So, explain, so, it. explain it to me, please. <laughs> Um, it's turning into a permaculture podcast. It's a, a two-for-one bonus. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if agriculture is um, organizing crops by type for efficiency, so you're separating them all and having neat rows, um, permaculture, and I'm not doing it justice, um, <laughs> is intentionally having the most intersections of uh, species in a given plot. Um, because that lends the soil to become the most rich and fertile. So you're not able to control or predict where new crops are going to come up next year or how they're going to grow, Um, and it takes longer to harvest, but it ends up being more sustainable and it ends up being really rich. So I like to think about having that approach with um, outcomes for campers, where they're hard to name specifically, but we know that if we create a really rich environment with a lot of meaningful intersections, there will be some sustainable, beneficial outcomes. And I know, just going off that, you mentioned, you've mentioned results a few times. Um, so, you know, not, obviously they're not maybe super specific outcomes, but are there any sort of metrics that you're gathering either during camp or after camp that you're then analyzing to improve the, the soil going forward? Yeah, so the the permaculture thing is a great talking point, but we do have measurables yeah. that we hold ourselves to. <laughs> um, just because I think that's a, an operational necessity to have something you can name and point to. Um, so we do have survey uh, data, um, and we also have our three named outcomes for camp being um, relationships, empathy, and self-esteem. And we create survey questions around that so that we have some really great data we can pull from and speak to that when we're going out and trying to speak with donors and when we're talking to prospective parents or when we're at something like this. One of the questions I have is, what is the future of the camp? So you've had one and you said it was like four days and now the next one will be a week. Going forward, is that 
kind of the vision is just a week-long camp experience? Is there thoughts of expanding the time frame? Is there thoughts of making multiple camps during different times of the year? What are What's the vision for Camp Kindred going forward? So the vision is always being reshaped, but we have a three-year plan currently. Um, and right now we are hoping to grow by 100% every year and the amount of kids that we serve. Um, so this year we're increasing the number of nights that kids stay over and we're increasing the size of our camp. Um, year three, we will have someone full-time. So we are collaborating with a nonprofit called Unity in Motion. Um, and, uh, our co-founder, Tom Kramer, um, just accepted a position to become their executive director. And part of his role is going to be maintaining Camp Kindred year-round. So we haven't had someone dedicated yet um, that could do year-round work on it. It's been in our um, free time. So that's really going to facilitate a lot of major changes. We're going to be able to really recruit kids in a much larger way. Um, and we're going to be able to plan for the future with much more stability. So you've mentioned partnerships and partners a few times, schools, farmers markets, etc. What is the role of partners in camp? Is Are the partners solely vehicles to recruit a more diverse group of campers, or are there partners that come up and present at camp? Uh, what's, what's the role of partnership in Camp Kindred? Um, that's a great question. We think that having partners in this effort is incredibly important. We don't think that we can do it alone. Um, we know how to put on a summer camp, but we don't know how to address all of the issues that our city's facing. Um, and so we have different kinds of partnerships. We have school partnerships and those are primarily for recruiting. That's how we get campers, um, through our recommendation process and then through our application process. Um, I should mention that our camp is all voluntary tuition. Um, so it's whatever the campers are able to afford based on a price that they name from um, zero all the way up to our full price. And then we also are developing community partnerships. So Unity in Motion is a really close partner. Um, they're our fiscal agent, so um, they've become our sponsor, and we run um, our 501c3 status through theirs. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, for uh, some of our recruitment, it is <clears throat> also especially important to have some people who are already trusted by parents um, be part of our uh, allies. I think it. I, I can't ask a parent as much as I can speak to them in Spanish or, you know, talk to them about how amazing Camp Kindred is or show them pictures. Um, I can't just ask them to trust me on the spot, you know? And so I think having these partnerships um, with people who uh, trust us and then have good relationships with, in the community, I think oftentimes it's also important because um, we want to be able to, again, uh, have um, this experience be open to all kids in, in the Milwaukee community. And so um, I think we continue to explore those partnerships and we're open to more partnerships and we continue to try to um, nurture those partnerships. Bridge the City is really about like inspiring people to action and we always like to leave our listeners with action steps and we want to hear from you maybe like what what our listeners or how everyday residents can get involved in their community so if you want to leave 
leave us all with some action steps, what would they be? This isn't the most tangible one ever, uh, but I'll mention something that we came up with during our staff training time together. Um, we spent a lot of time having tricky discussions about our different amounts of privilege or about our, our personal histories. And these conversations tended to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but we found as a group that it was an important practice to lean into that discomfort. And we ended up calling that the squish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so embracing the squish was uh, verbiage that we came up with to um, just to describe how to approach these conversations. So, uh, you know, to make that a little more tangible, seek out conversations with people that are um, likely to have differences from you and embrace the squish. So we um, are a camp that still needs financial support to run. I think that, um, you know, if you feel that maybe you don't have a kid that um, you would like to send to camp, but you want to sponsor a child to go to camp or you want to um, be a part of this experience in some uh, way that you can go to our website and check us out and see if that's like something you'd be interested in, um, you know, donating to or, or you feel like that's something that um, you want to take part in. Um, of course, this is a little plug, but uh, I think that that is one way that you can support, right? That for mm -hmm. some people, the squish is going to be it, and that's amazing, and that's good enough. And for some people, it seems more tangible to them to, you know, give $5 or give $10 or, or sponsor a, a whole stay for a kid. So whatever makes sense for you, that's what it's got to be. Well, that's actually a perfect segue into the question we want to end with, which is giving you an opportunity to plug how people can get involved. So you mentioned a website. Where do people go to find that website? You mentioned donations. How do people donate? And then in general, if people want are looking just to get involved with camp and help spread the word, what are the best ways to do that? So our leadership team is Fabiola, myself, Tom Kramer, um, Sarah Whaley, and Mario Sinclair. And we all collaboratively lead this effort forward. Our website is campkindredmke.org. Um, so just like that, camp, kindred, and then M-K-E, the letters, .org. Um, and we are in the process of translating into Spanish as well. So you uh, hopefully will be able to get um, English and Spanish versions pretty soon. And if people want to donate, is there a link on the website to do all that? There is a donate button on okay. the website, and that's one of the best ways to do it. You can follow us um, on Instagram as well. We also have a Facebook. Those are both great ways to share what we're, what we're doing. Um, shares actually go a really long way. Yeah. And then my final question on that regard is if there's a parent listening that has a child that they think would benefit from this experience, how do they like physically sign up for the camp? The best way to do it is to go to our website, and there will be a contact phone number an email you can reach out in either one of those ways uh, to get in touch with us and we'll work with you one-on-one -on -one to move through our application process I say application but everyone is going to be able to go to camp yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're also just currently working on a new registration 
uh, form. So when you do click um, on our website, um, register now, it'll prompt you to create your own website, uh, your own sign up and register your camper right away. So um, we'd love, of course, to chat with uh, every parent. Um, but if you're more like, uh, if you're a parent who's more just ready to do it, that is an, uh, another option um, to sign up your kid. Well, thank you so much, both yes, of you, for being on the you. podcast. The camp sounds uh, really, fun. really awesome, and I think we all have experiences or know of experiences where camp was really influential in our lives, but I think setting out to make it more accessible to a broader range of people is really key. Um, and we got some great metaphors with permaculture. <laughs> so you invented excited. the squish. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the presence of superstars, so thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. The conversation with Kevin and Fabi about Camp Kindred made me think about how the design and the ideology of what we build, whether that's initiatives, public spaces, businesses, etc., how that design and ideology really matter. And in a city as segregated as ours, interactions with people that look different than you, uh, come from a different background than yourself, have different perspectives on life, these interactions can sometimes be a challenge. And many of the spaces we go, obviously, are located in our communities. And since our communities are so segregated, these spaces become segregated too, almost by definition. Where are places you attend that truly represent the diversity of our city? How does where you live affect the places you go, and thus, the people you see? These are questions I recommend we all think about. How the design of our city can affect how we interact with its members. Creating spaces that help foster interactions with a variety of different people is vitally important to our city. And Camp Kindred is helping create a space that allows for these interactions. And it's also thinking intentionally about how to keep the interactions made at camp alive when kids come back to Milwaukee. So thank you to Kevin and Fabi and the rest of the Camp Kindred team. And I really challenge all of us to help foster and develop organizations, businesses that have found this secret sauce that brings people together who normally may not be interacting. I think this is critical to the success of the city moving forward. Summer is by far my favorite season. And while the ice cream trucks and poolside afternoons are childhood classics, I always love looking back on the summer camp experience I had growing up. Kevin, Fabi, and the entire Camp Kindred team are providing spaces for kids across Milwaukee to come together and just be kids for a week. Something that stood out to me was that the vision they have for Milwaukee families, not just during that week-long excitement at camp, but also throughout the year. That week at camp is exhilarating, but building connections and providing spaces for family throughout the entire year is a fantastic way to build long-term friendship. I'm really excited to hear about their second summer camp experience and spread the word to all my camp enthusiasts I know. Thank you for listening to Bridge the City. As always, if you enjoy our podcast, you listen to this, you go, oh, I learned something. Guess what you have to do? You have to follow the podcast. You got to rate the podcast. And you got to subscribe to the podcast. And you have to share with your friends. It's in the Constitution. That's right, Kyle. And as we move up in the yeah, world. We're moving up. 
quite fast. This American life shaking. Ira Glass really he, look into. He's going into an on. existential crisis. Well, we've got new ways that you can show us your like support. make a bunch of posters, buy, well, buy us food. Th- those send things would some be gift nice. Cards. Right, those things would all be nice. But there's mm. actually ways that you could get a poster. Really? How's that? Yeah. You could become a patron today. Wow. Well, how, how do you do that? Well, great question, Kyle. You should definitely go visit bridgethecitypodcast.com to learn more. Well, now I'm now I'm, I'm hooked. Finally, we obviously want to thank Kevin and Fabi once again. A fantastic interview, and we want to thank all of the Camp Kindred team for really creating a really cool space uh, here in Milwaukee. Uh, that I think will help the youth develop some healthy perspectives, meet people they wouldn't normally meet, uh, and foster some really good genuine friendships. So thanks to that whole team. Thank you all for listening. And as always, please let us know how you are helping bridge the city. city.